You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Sam and Steve are back, and we're happy, even though the Yankees lost today. We're quite happy since the last time we recorded, right? Aren't we, Sam? Oh, definitely. I'd much rather be recording off a good stretch and a loss the day of when we record rather than winning the day we record after just losing five of the previous six or whatever. But the Yankees are 11-5 and five in their last 16 games. We've seen the pitching get going, albeit against... Some lower competition, but starters look good against the Astros. Yep. Um, and we've seen the bats really get going, and we'll get into a lot of guys who have really, really been um, hitting a lot. But 11 and 15 in the last 16, uh, they're, fi- they're 500. They finally got over that mark, and then the loss today brought them back down. They're actually, no, they're uh, one over, so they're, they're, what, s- they're still 16 and 15. So they were, they were two over 500 actually going into today. Because it was a four-game sweep of the Tigers. Uh, Then the two, that put them at 500. And then the two uh, wins to start the series versus the Astros. Jesus, my my mouth just says Trastros without even trying to do. Um, But now still still one game over 500 at 16 and 15. Seven of their last uh, 10 are W's. Uh, and like you said, they, they, Baltimore's not a good team. Detroit is is terrible. But the, the all around, the team has looked good. And this looks like the, the team that we're starting to see. Um, a lot more home runs. Uh, we, we're very keen on, hey, Yankees hit home runs, they get wins. But like you said, the pitching's been great. And we'll dive into kind of all that. Um, but we got to start out with the Astros series. First time we've played the Astros since the the cheating scandal became official. Uh, the Yankee fans, only 10,000 to 11,000 of them, gave it to the Astros. That was, uh, that, that was fun to see that first game. From a TV standpoint, it felt like there was a full crowd there, and it felt like almost a playoff atmosphere um, that the Yankees were able to get that win there. I think that was that was fun. I think that's probably been you know besides the Dodgers Padres series out west, I think this series was probably the, the 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 best you know most anticipated series in Major League Baseball so far this year. Steve, I don't know what. Governor Cuomo, Bill de Blasio are going to do. I know they pulled back the some of the restrictions. You don't need a negative COVID test, yada, yada. This series was a hell of a lot of fun. And all I could think about when I was in, you know, watching the games was imagine if there was 45,000 in here. I mean, holy I, shit. I have a – it's a, a – a, a weird take for for the Yankees and for Yankees fans. I would have loved to see it, but I think it might have been a little better just for the reputation of Yankee fans if it wasn't a packed house. Like I think if you got forty five thousand drunk Yankee fans there for that game, something stupid would have happened. Like we've already got you know the Yankees already threw shit on the field earlier this year. Did you um, see the guy climbing up on the wall on Twitter? It's, yeah, yeah. I think Zach <laughs> Zach Campbell. Uh, Oh, that that guy. That's yeah. a debate for another time. But he posted the video, and the NYPD's officers yanking him. So back. I think forty-five might we might not have been able to survive the the Bronx Zoo for forty-five thousand. So I can't they wait might for have it. To postpone a game or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, but now from now on, we've had that first series. Now let's 
you know, flood the zoo. Let's get it all back there. We're getting close there. But that first game felt like there was it was a packed house. The Altuve chants were all going great. Uh, I love Dusty Baker acting like we're, the poor Altuve has gone through so much in his career. There's only <laughs> five people from the Dusty, I know you, team. I know you're the manager. I know you had nothing to do with it. But just stop. Don't don't be. He was like giving Altuve like a. I was, Altuve shut us up. He that was a big home run uh, to to avoid the sweep for, versus Chad Green today. But for the most part, like he got into the dugout, he would have felt like this was his first game back from like tearing both ACLs and getting hit in the face with a ball or something. Like calm down. He's he's been a perfectly fine player. Like he cheated, got caught, and gave a shitty apology. Like he deserves this. <laughs> Oh, no, absolutely. I, I mean, and, and Dusty Baker, I love my favorite, favorite line of this whole saga was Dusty Baker. And I, I just mocked him there for a little bit was him saying that it was only five guys from the 2017 team that were still in the Astros. Like, dude, read the three of those guys are Altuve, Bregman and Correa. <laughs> yeah. I, like what and and, McCull- and McCullers, who was on the mound for Game Seven of 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 back then, so and the Yankees couldn't hit his curveball for like five fucking innings or <laughs> yeah. something. Well, we didn't have, we didn't have a, a bang every time he threw one. It would have been a lot easier. Oh yeah, that that just brings back bad. I mean, seeing him out on the mound today, yeah, and how the Yank. I mean, he threw curveballs for five innings, and they they're. Three or four innings, I don't know. The Yankees couldn't hit his curveball. I don't know if you heard David Cohn today. They brought that up. And Coney was just like, uh, he just goes, yeah. Then he immediately had Tommy John. So that probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I had it on mute today when I was working. But I mean. I love Cohn. I think he's got a future pitching coach. Uh, you know, I think he's been wished he was the Yankees pitching coach right now. But he definitely like threw like a, yeah, what the hell were you thinking there? Like that. You, luckily, you didn't ruin this kid's career. Yeah, and then he signs the big extension, you know, whatever, good for him. But the Yankees take two or three off a, you know, sweep of the Tigers, splitting in Baltimore. Um, And I'm looking all around the MLB, around MLB this year, and the Yankees started cold, cold. Some teams started hot. There's really no team in MLB that has been scorching hot for the entirety of the season. It's been it's been kind of weird. I mean I mean look at this. The Red Sox 19 and 13, the Indians 17 That's and That's the best record in baseball. The Red Sox have the best record in baseball somehow. That that shocks and, me. But yeah, you're right. That I mean the it's, nobody has gotten up. The A's got off to a scorching shot there 19 and 14. Even I mean, even out west, the Dodgers, the Dodgers have won two of the last 10. Like I mean, first place out there, the Giants, eighteen and thirteen, Cardinals, eighteen and fourteen, Phillies, seventeen and fifteen. I mean, you know, us Yankee fans, maybe me included, after that god awful first inning two weeks ago tonight in Cleveland, were overreacting. I thought after that first inning, I tweeted, and I don't tweet much nowadays. Uh, I will say they're I've, I've they're important a, when you get them. I've taken a step back on the Twitter platform when it comes to everything, but. It's it's like after that first inning in Cleveland, I, I was sitting and I said, holy shit, like are the Yankees actually bad? But I mean, you look at all these teams, really no one has gone like 20 and 8, 23 and 9. I mean, we're not seeing any of that this year. Now the Tigers are doing the opposite 
uh, by going nine and twenty-three in their first thirty-one, uh, thirty-two games. I can't do math, but it's we've had a lot. I don't want to say mediocrity, but it's been up yeah, and down I agree with that. for almost every team. I think that that benefits teams. I think like the Yankees that came out to a slow start. Obviously, got they're a little hot streak now, but I think we're play, we're seeing them play better to their more to their potential, which is ideal because it's kind of the the old saying for baseball is always 162 games, water finds its level. The teams rise to the crop by the end of the year. Don't overreact in in April or, or May. You know, figure it out by by September. Um, and they you know that you can only lose a you can't win a division. In April, you can only lose it, but it's kind of seemed like, look, I'd say besides the Tigers and 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 the O's, uh, but the O's are only one game back from us. Everybody still has a chance to to be uh, contenders here. Uh, eventually, we're going to knock out the Pirates, knock out the Rockies, but in, in the NL East, let's say if you want to talk a little NL for a second, like that NL East is wide open for all five teams. You know, the, the Central besides the Pirates, you can say the exact same thing. Uh, you know the Giants are, are coming alive in the West, but that's that could be could be a two three team race here. It depends on how things go. So yeah, across MLB baseball, it seems like everybody's just been okay, um, which I think is going to benefit the Yankees because they're going to go on stretches like they're on right now, where they're they're hot, they're playing bad teams, they're going to crush those, and they play a good team like the Astros, and we should have swept them. We should have swept them. They they blew they blew the game here Thursday. Should have swept them. Um, but there's 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 plenty to go around for the Yankees. They're starting to hit. But last time we chatted, they had the worst average in all of baseball. They've bumped that average up 20 points and are, are still they're only they're 21st in baseball. But that's going to go higher and higher, higher. And their pitching's still been good. The only concern I have, Sam, that something that we always talked about the past few years. We used to start off episodes talking about which player got injured before we even recapped the week uh, in the past. Seems like this week we had a lot of injuries for the Yankees. Uh, starting us off was Darren O'Day just miraculously showing up on the IL, saying that he's had a shoulder kind of issue uh, all year but fought through it. So he's going to be gone for some time here. Then we had Rugnet Ordor with a, a fun play but a, a kind of an awkward, nasty collision for the Yankees that maybe they got a little – could have been worse news, but he's going to be out for some time with that sprained knee. And then Gio Urshela magically disappears from a game on Thursday – after a tough ground ball, I thought it might have been an arm issue when he came out of the game, but now that you got an MRI on his knee, and the Yankees are making some moves in the minors, it looks like that he's going to miss some time. So first time all year, I think we got a, the injury bug has, has hit the Yankees, and the biggest concern has to obviously be Gio Urshela. Yeah, absolutely. And he was really heating up before today. And There's our cleanup hitter. Yeah, Tyler Wade comes in for him out of nowhere late in the game, and that kind of shook everybody. And not only would they miss him in the lineup, and God knows what it is, but his defense and his defense at third. I mean, who can replace that at the hot corner? Now, I know Miguel Andujar is pretty hot. He hit a home run on Wednesday down in Scranton. But the Yankees, I look back to when, not to get too, too off topic here, but like when CeCe – like was pitching. I mean, they couldn't have Andujar playing third by, by right. the end of the year. I mean, he was that much of a liability. So I there. think it looks like based on AAA, they thought Andujar came out of the game, which would have obviously given us the indication that he might be coming up. But he actually just moved from 
uh, to third base actually in the game. And Kyle Holder came out after two at bats. Um, so if we want to speculate, hopefully we'll find out uh, you know midday tomorrow here. It looks like if Gio is going to go on the IL or if he just misses a couple games or two, they could send down uh, Abreu. They could bring up Kyle Holder. They have an extra man on the 40-man spot due to Jay Bruce uh, disappearing. And then I guess you go with DJ at third and Kyle. And then you have uh, Tyler Wade or or Kyle. So Tyler or Kyle at second. I would assume it would be Tyler Wade. And Holder then becomes your utility, rarely used infielder. So it doesn't even seem like Andujar would be in is an option at this point still, which is a bummer, obviously, for him. But I think it goes to exactly what you're saying. The Yankees will probably focus on defense, and DJ and Wade obviously are a thousand times better than anything Andujar could give us in the infield. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they're trying Andujar out everywhere a little bit. What I'm happy about, it seems like, down in Scranton, that Andujar is hitting, which is, I mean, if he's not hitting, he provides nothing to the Yankees. He provides nothing in a trade. Um, It just turns into an all-around disaster. But I I think they're going to go on the defensive side, especially what we've seen at first base this season with Jay Bruce, that experiment fizzling out. Uh, The Yankees actually have the best record in baseball. I saw this a lot on Twitter. They have the best record in baseball since Jay Bruce entering play on Thursday, actually, since he decided to retire. (laughs) That is a good good one. Um, But um, but I think the other good news – the positive news of this injury report is that somebody else is hitting the ball in AAA, and that man is Luke Voigt. And if it was up to Luke Voigt, he'd be in the starting lineup ASAP. They're likely going to get him through the weekend, and it looks like we should see him early next week. But he had a, a scorching double, and then he's popped a home run. So he looks like he is uh, he's ready to go for the Yankees. So while, while typical Yankee fashion of the past few years has been lose a player, gain a player, lose a player, gain a player, so why would 2021 be any different here? If we happen to lose Gio Urshela to an IL stint, it seems like Luke Voigt is ready to bounce back and the Yankees need him because you mentioned first base has been doing nothing for them all year. And it looked like Mike Ford was going to heat up a little bit and he had the at-bat today with the bases loaded where he hit that line out like 6,000 yeah. miles an hour. But I mean, it went right at Gurriel. He's batting under that- 100, Sam. <laughs> He's batting 091 right now. I mean, it's first base. It reminds me of that 2017 season where it was the Greg Bird, Tyler Alston, Chris Carter almost. So seeing Voight and Triple A hit that home run and seeing that sweet underhand bat flip that he always does, we didn't get the we didn't get the hop. Now, that's <laughs> no, fine. protect those we protect those legs, Luke. Protect those knees, Luke. I mean, we don't need to see the hop as much as I want to see it, but we saw the underhand bat flip like we always see. And it was so, so awesome. You know, that right center field power that we've seen for so long since he came up with the Yankees. um, That was a a refreshing thought. And he's not the best defensive first baseman, but he's a hell of a lot better than what the Yankees were working with beforehand. So, yeah, I think it's a good strategy to get him through the weekend and – We'll see him be, be early next week. Yeah, be very cautious. Make sure he's okay, you know, playing nine innings in the field and hopefully see him here early mid-next week. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, so, yeah, it's a quick injury update here. Hopefully we don't have to do those every episode. 
Um, but we will keep posted on Gio Urshela because that would be a big loss because, as mentioned, he's been the cleanup hitter ever since the Yankees swapped around the lineup. And the biggest swap in that lineup has been the first man on our three-up of the week. And John Carlos Stanton is hitting the living shit out of the ball all over the ballpark. Everything is 115, 116 off the bat. This has been incredible to watch, and it's often forgot by Yankee fans how talented this guy is when he is locked in at the plate. Steve, he moves to the two-hole permanently on April 23rd. It was the third game of the Indians series. He is 24 of 50 at the plate <laughs> since then. That, that's insane. That is insane. Uh, I mean, say that back to yourself. 24 of 50. I mean, that's like playing your MLB. That's like playing yourself on MLB The Show in rookie mode. I mean, he's not missing anything at, at the plate. Um, his strikeout rate is 16%. So that's one um, in, in just over six plate appearances. Big change. Uh, he's making contact. Um his babip, which I sometimes absolutely hate, batting averages, balls put in play, yep. 543. <laughs> he's hitting over, he's hitting almost 550 when he puts the ball in play. I mean, it's incredible. It's been truly incredible. Uh, Talking Yanks put up a great video where they changed the baseball to a beach ball. And that's got to be what he's seeing right now because he is, he's not chasing that. That those balls in the dirts anymore. He's got that that swing is just so violent that these aren't even fly balls, and these are line drive home runs. The one he hit um, on 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 Thursday afternoon, an absolute bullet opposite field. I think it had a launch angle of like twenty degrees, like and it went off the back wall in the bullpen. Like that's crazy. Like those like players that get that have that type of you know launch angles. You're hoping maybe for a gap or double, and he's putting the ball 450 feet. Like it's insane. Uh, it's great to see his confidence come up uh, for the year. He's got got nine home runs, 23 RBIs. He raised his batting average from 158 to 312 in 14 days. <laughs> like <laughs> that's incredible. And I love how he's going when the, the ball's in the zone. It was the Wednesday night game against the Astros, second game of the series. He's going the other way. You, you know, yeah. He's taking what the pitcher and what the defense has given him. And we haven't seen that. Um, I was listening to SportsCenter, or, or it was Get Up this morning. It was Tim Kirchin was on. And he was saying that he was talking to people and, and they see a better version of of what Stanton was in his MVP season in 2017 with the Marlins before the Yankees traded for him. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, keep him healthy at all costs, too. I know the Yankees were dabbling with maybe putting him in right field a a little bit, one or two days a week. No, done. No. He's, right now, is hitting like an MVP. Whether he's not going to obviously continue this pace all season, but you want to keep him healthy and and, and that's smart. And look, they got Yankees got a lot of shit. He sat April thirty first versus Detroit, and you're like, why the hell would you sit him? He just had three straight games of three hits. He's hitting the cover off the ball, hasn't phased him. Next next time he only got May second his first game back. He got um, one hit, but then he's got four hits first. 
the Astros and three hits versus the Astros and only one on on Thursday afternoon, but it was that home run that I mentioned. So it, it, he is just doing doing an incredible job. He he has earned some walks the past few days as well too. So he's got his good eye. It, it's just fun to see when a baseball player when it all clicks. And if there are people saying that this might be better than his MVP season, like we're talking sixty home runs here. And you know they they obviously brought back the. Uh, the comment that he made a few years ago and they asked him like, Hey, how do you think you would play if you knew what pitch was coming? Like the Astros did. And he laughed at the camera, but then also stared dead on and goes, I probably would have hit 80 home runs. <laughs> like <laughs> Steve, you know what I was thinking when I saw his home run, um, last Wednesday night that went 6,000 feet, the pit, the Astros pitcher just, oh, yeah. had, hey, 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 well, he, first off he left it, middle outer portion of the plate at 92 miles an hour right at his belt might as well be on a tee for stan he he just puts his he just puts his head down and just throws his right arm up and points into the direction where that ball's going this stretch that he's having and it's a bit longer than what i'm about to mention it's reminding me of alfonso soriano's in 2013 when he went on that stretch at the end of july where he had some 24 rbi yeah yeah six games um and really during this stretch that's i'm not gonna throw out a rod in 07 because that was the best regular season i've seen out of any yankees player in my lifetime but Kind of giving me those little bit of those flashbacks. Um, this is special, and I, I hope he can continue. You know, he's obviously not going to continue uh, at, at this ridiculous pace, but um, it, it's if fun he to see. Stays hell, I predicted him as the MVP, as the American League MVP uh, on our you did you did show. you did, uh, and I, I'll be I. I I did sprinkle some cash that John Carlos Stanton finishes the year with the most home runs in baseball. So this is a a solid start for for him all around and for our, our possible predictions. Yeah, and I got a lot of shit from people when I told them. Uh, I, you really should have, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the first, I don't know, 15 games of the season, I'm just getting an earful that the Yankees, that this guy's an automatic out and they should eat his contract and whatever from some <laughs> fools. But... Um, so yeah. uh, Stanton's got the power. He obviously leads the team with nine home runs. The second person on our three up of the week is somebody who has zero home runs on the year. So it may seem weird that he's on the list when you look at that number. But Glaber Torres has come around the past few weeks. Going with the ball. Nice opposite field hits here and there. Amazing heads up play. Um, Thursday afternoon going from first to home on a ground ball to the second baseman where not a ball was thrown. So this wasn't a little league play of them throwing the ball around. He's read the shift, little bobble on a hot shot up the middle, stopped by the side, by Altuve. Boom, new Bregman was covering, took off for third. The catcher is now running for third to try and get the, the ball thrown to him there. Glaber sees that he's turned around, books it home. I, every time he kept running, I was like, God damn it, Glaber, stop running, stop running, stop running. And then he's home easy. Uh, so heads up play there, and he, he's 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 changed it around. Home runs they they may not come, they they may will they may come. Who knows? But he's back to he's batting two forty. I think he's a two seventy two eighty hitter. So he's still got little ways to go there. But it's been a nice change uh, for Glaber. And then in the field, after uh, a rough first week, he's actually been pretty f- fantastic in the field, uh, which has been a, a revelation 
uh, considering what we've seen the past year and a half from him. Yeah, if the home runs dip a little bit and the defense stays at this level. Um, and it's a weird trade-off, but I think a lot of people will take it. If he goes from 38 homers, I'll round that up to 40, and he dips down to 20, 25 homers. 15 to 20 even. That's that's a shortstop. That's what shortstops, you know, that's, I mean, it'd be very low for Glaber considering we know he has the power. But if it helps his defense somehow, I don't think, I don't know why it would, but if it helps his defense somehow, I'm taking that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Uh, and the base running today, that is one of my favorite plays in baseball you know heads up aware base running you saw it with the Mets the other night it was uh Jonathan VR going around the bases basically when the Phillies were lollygagging and the best game baseball game I've ever been at 2009 World Series game four Johnny Damon going yes, to third brought that up today was covering I mean one of I think my personal favorite baseball memory. And then of course, A-Rod hitting the double on that game, but I'm liking what I'm seeing from Glaber, the the defense, which everybody wanted to run him out of town for the first 10, 12 games has really taken it to the next level. You know, all the metrics that fan graphs gives out since, you know, mid April, he's, been in the top 10 in almost every category. Um, Sam, he's not in the top 10. Like, if you're looking at Fangraphs and some of their stats, like, they're just their very basic defensive rating. He is the number one shortstop in all of baseball right now. He has a 2.9 defensive rating, which ties him for first overall with Brandon Crawford and Trey Turner. So th- this is that's a, this is a revelation of a change here from Glaber. He's made a nice few couple plays out there. His, he... Um, it just seems like he's got more confidence there. A couple double play balls where he's throwing absolute lasers, middle of the chest to Mike Ford at first base. He he uh, he still throws a couple in the dirt and got saved by Ford with a nice scoop. But there is a there's a different level of confidence out there from Torres. Um, and then when you do put the shift on, we know he's more comfortable from the second base position. He's made some awesome plays. They turned a great double play with him and Urshela uh, earlier in the series versus the Astros. Um, that that was you know. You would you would never have guessed that was Glaber Torres, but he's 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 definitely improving. And if these you know if he keeps some of these Fangraph numbers up there, I know people hate defensive stats and be like I watch the game, he sucks. Like I don't care what you think. Like people that actually do this for a living and created statistics based on what they're seeing, his numbers are starting to add up, and he's 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 looking like a legit shortstop right now. It's only been thirty games, one hundred sixty two is a lot longer, but this is a huge change for Glaber Torres. And the main reason that he's on the three up this week for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The defense is going to another level after being a liability all of last year and in the beginning part of this year. And we'll take the power trade off. Uh, but I think, he's yeah. gonna, I think he's going to get that monkey off his back soon. A little bit of a prediction. I think he's going to go five and seven games or, or seven in 13 games. Uh, I think he's going to get on. I could see him getting on a little bit of a tear. Uh, he's hit some doubles. He's barreled up some balls. Um, but I, I could see him getting going in that um, it, with the offense, too, because yeah, we, we've seen him have good at bats, strike at, striking out less. Um, it's And he'll be someone that would, that would benefit from Luke Voigt coming back into the lineup, especially if Urshela's there. I wonder if they probably once Voigt comes back, if Urshela's out long term, you know, that you plop in. You pop in Voight right at the four spot for Geo, but if, if when they're all back at full strength, you're letting 
adding Luke Voigt either behind or in front. I would even maybe tempt to add him behind Gleyber Torres. So your your four, five, six comes as Urshela, Torres, Voigt. Um, or even you flip it the other way, Voigt, Glaber, or Urshela, and you have you know, have those two guys surrounding Glaber is going to lead to more pitches and hopefully uh, more mistakes for Glaber. The last note here on Glaber for his defense that I wanted to point out was uh, this year he already has 27 outs out of zone range, which is uh, it's like sixth in baseball, but all of last year he had 27 outs out of the range. So in about 100 less innings, he's already completed more outs outside of his standard range, which is, uh, I think, a key a key note for him there too. So it takes into effect what his range is, and it seems like maybe his range is uh, is expanding at shortstop, which is a good sign for the Yankees. Uh, Got to have a pitcher on the three-up list, um, and it's going to be uh, Corey Kluber. Eight innings in his one start since we last recorded, but it was a, it was a pretty spectacular eight innings for Kluber. Um, versus Detroit, we said it is what it is, but eight innings, 10 Ks, two hits, one walk, uh, pretty awesome game for, to watch from Kluber. That was, a the Klubot of old. Uh, and that was, that was an ace stuff, uh, performance from him, which was great to see. Yeah. Even in the third game of the series against Baltimore too, six and two thirds, six yeah. hits, you know, one earned, that was the final night yeah that was the final night that we recorded so two good starts in a row uh 15 strikeouts to three walks over those two starts uh, command is Steve, looking good i mean i harped on it a lot in spring training i harped on it a lot in the beginning of the season the walks were just getting out of control and if if he was going to be walking guys forget it i mean he's not blowing people away at 90 to 92 so he's got to have that control and Despite it being the Tigers and Orioles, he had that control, um, which is very, very encouraging to see. Because, yeah, if, if, if he's if you're if you don't locate an MLB at ninety to ninety two, um, geez, I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure you have a place on many rosters. Yeah, and it, it was nice to see. Like I think we all kind of were watching it, and he got through the seventh inning, and we were like, "That's an awesome performance for Kluber. Seven innings, two hits, like." That's how you do it. Clap it up. I was writing the tweets about how nice it was. And then there was like nothing going on in the bullpen. And you're like, and he came out for the eighth and he mowed him down in the eighth. And you're like, holy shit, Corey Kluber just threw eight innings. Like his first th- four starts of the year, he didn't get out the fifth. He threw four innings, two innings, four innings, two innings. And he just dropped eight. Like that was, that was, it was good to see. And we're going to need to see the momentum. Like here, like we said, it, it, the, the past two starts have been versus Baltimore and Detroit. He struggled versus Tampa Bay really bad. Didn't do great versus Toronto. So those are strong hitting lineups here. Going to be a big test uh, next week when it's uh, next Saturday. We got Corey Kluber versus Max Scherzer. So strong lineup and uh, and uh, and Max Scherzer on the mound. Um, it's time for you know Kluber to to crank crank up the system a little bit here and give us three straight starts and just so we don't have to say oh it's only versus bad teams. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, the Nationals, they just got Juan Soto back. Um, that's someone, if you remember, the Yankees last year for the opening series did not see. Um, yeah, he, he was a COVID did, like right before right before first pitch, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And they were saying uh, cancel, the ga- cancel the game, whatever. He was, yeah, he was the big guy that was out with COVID. Yep. And, of course, he had 
one of the best seasons in all of baseball last year in that shortened season, coming back from COVID and just hitting the crap out of the ball. Uh, the Nats are 12 and 15. They of course had that three game um, cancellate or postponement with the Mets yep. early in the season. Believe that's the only Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. The only COVID related postponement in all of baseball. That's the only one that comes season. to mind. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. So, but the Yankees are going to see great pitching. The Nationals, that's what the Nationals always bring. Um, and the Yankees ended up taking two of three in that series. Strasburg got scratched in that second game, just looking back on, on last year. Uh, but the Yankees, they lost that game, actually. And the Yankees ended up taking two of three. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Uh, thankfully, it is at Yankee Stadium. We have not had to go down to any National League parks yep. just yep. yet. I love This is the that. longest home stretch for the Yankees all, all season. So we'll enjoy it while we can here because there, there's definitely going to be a, a tough road stretch. And we're going to be like, when the hell do the Yankees come home? So they got you got to win when you're at home. In order yeah. to win in Major League Baseball, win when you're at home and take advantage of while Stanton's hot. Having him sit the next few games if we went down to the Nationals would suck. Yeah. And I, I wonder that's going to be something that we'll get into when they go down to a um, when they go down to a National League game. If they're going to even try to play him in right field at all, I uh, I, I wouldn't at this point. Um, you yeah. Know, well, we'll see what it is. Uh, that'll be um, good series out there. Good series. Um, all been good things for the Yankees this week, which which is which is great to see. But obviously, a couple hiccups along the way here. So we got to get to the three down. I uh, started off with with Thursday's uh, Thursday scapegoat here of, of Chad Green, well deserved scapegoat because he did not pitch well. Um, you could have thrown Boone there under the bus a little bit, saying Cole was only at ninety seven pitches. He definitely could have gone one fifteen if you needed one more inning. They but were hitting him hard in that. In they that. were no, no. I, I think it was they the right decision. Yeah. Um, look, Chad Green in April was phenomenal. In fifteen innings, he had a you know gave up one earned run. Uh, the entire first month of the year. So he was coming on strong. But the past week, he had pitched in three games, uh, May 1st, 4th, and 6th. So two versus Houston and one versus Detroit. Gave up a home run in that Detroit game, which you know didn't matter because we still won the game. But maybe it was a sign of things not going as smoothly as the first month of this year. Came out and gave a dud versus Houston and cost us the game. Three earned runs, gave him two hits, didn't even got one, only got one batter out via strikeout but quickly got hooked there um and he was the he was the the whipping boy for this week that that prevented us from getting the sweep so unfortunately that lands chad green on the on the down list absolutely and when you're a reliever i was watching the game today while i was working and you're in a one-run game and you let the first two guys on uh yeah it's was it was it was it a leadoff walk too because it was always Gets everyone going. I don't. I, I think it was a base hit, but got the few, first few guys on Altuve up, and I hate when I hate when we gave talked about Coney before. David Cohn called it. He goes, "Just don't give him a fastball to hit," and he yeah, smoked no, look, it. Lead off walk. It was a lead off walk. Okay. And then Urshela had that. That was the play they got hurt on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he, he had a diving stop. Had that gone by him, would have been looking at second and third instead of first and third. That yeah. Uh, Tucker Tucker went to third on the um, throwing error by Urshela. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and then they he got they, Maldonado, and then yeah, the Altuve thing happened. Um, the dude's the most- small, but he can hit a he can hit a high fastball. We know he can hit a high pitch, whether it's fastball or slider. We know that, and he just it was. I mean, it was out of the zone. That was it was a I- good couple inches out of the zone. Steve, I heard this on the broadcast today. It was when I had it up. It was the first time in Chad Green's career that he gave up a home run at 96 miles an hour or more out of the strike zone. Yeah, I mean, because most like, that, that's what you give you. We can bash Altuve all we want, but we, we do know he's a very good hitter. And give him credit there because that was a high up-and-in fastball, and he turned those, those little hips of his and cranked it. So credit where credit is due. He smacked a 96-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, I, feel like, I feel like that should have been that should have been a ball in the dirt. It should have been, you know, low and outside. Um, we, we've seen Altuve crush high pitches for years. Um, so mistakes happen. Mistakes happen. Chad Green always has that dumb face. He's kind of got like an Eli Manning face when he knows he fucked up, but he doesn't know what to do. And he had that face in the dugout today. Yeah, and it was it was tough. Uh, the Maldonado when he got him swinging, I thought the Yankees could be headed for something good because they've owned Altuve. They owned Altuve throughout this three game set. Yeah, um, and that would have been nice. But it was Altuve's birthday, which we reminded of a bunch. Um, oh but. my gosh, that <laughs> chance! I, I it, 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 it is what it is. Be, there might only be ten or eleven thousand Yankees fans there, or whatever. But the ones that are going right now are the diehards. And, and you heard, you know, fuck your birthday. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Very loudly. You heard that very loudly, which, you know, it, it, we talked about the 45 and the 10,000. Would it have been louder with 45,000? Yeah, but you'd have had a lot of people just you yeah. know, not taking part. I mean, I, I heard that loud and clear through, through my TV today, which uh, – yeah, so not not great fun. there for for Green, and then the Yankees got that great Glaber play in the bottom of the eighth inning, and you thought, hey, Stanton's going to get in that bat in the ninth, maybe we can tie this up. Uh, we then went to Justin Wilson, who continues his rough stretch in his second stint with the Yankees. Here, he gave up a blast um, to kind of put the game away here, um, and he gave up two runs earlier. Uh, in the week to Detroit as well. So he has not had a strong May, to say the least. If you take it back to his last start in Baltimore, he's had three straight starts of at least giving up one run here. Um, someone put it good. I think I forget who it was on Twitter. So, uh, But said, you know, we, we traded Adam Adovino because Boone couldn't trust him, and we re-signed him with Justin Wilson, who Boone's not going to be able to trust, which I thought was, uh, was, was pretty good because Justin Wilson has not has not looked good, and it's been a little concerning. That fastball is not as fast as it used to be. He he's top at ninety three. It looked like where he was he was at ninety five, ninety six uh, a year or two ago. So there is definitely some concern here on my part for Justin Wilson's future. Yeah, and righties continue to be an issue. Uh, I mean, he, he's good against lefties. Um, against righties, though, it's a totally different. Um, totally different story the two hitters before the maldonado moonshot that he gave up today um that reached were 
uh, were lefties. Uh, yeah. Tucker, or, or, or no, excuse me. Tucker was a lefty. He, he walked him. But, um, yeah, Maldonado but the, with the... You can't walk guys like that. Like You, you can't walk the lefty if you're Justin Wilson. It's like you can't do yeah. that. Like, <laughs> And he, he's been good against lefties. Um, yeah. So that's, that's something, I mean, if you're... You can't have those loogie guys anymore with the the three batter rule. Three yeah. batter minimum. So how if he's unpitchable against righties, how he's kind of useless. I mean, am I right? Nobody's stacking right. three lefties nowadays. No, uh, we I mean, barely get two lefties in, in the lineup. You know, look at the Yankees. We barely, yeah. So uh, it, it, it's just a little bit. Um, yeah, he's, he's struggling quite a bit. Uh, and his second go around, I kind of thought of it as O'Day came in for Adovino, but yeah, no, I, I did too. I, I think that was a, it was a generalization there, but um, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. we got but, two uh, for one, so yeah, that, that that was the thing, and it was like the thing in the starting rotation. It was two for one with Kluber and Tyone for Tanaka. Yep, but hell, Justin Wilson is walking five about five and a half guys every nine innings. Uh, it's can't have that happen. He's striking out eight guys every nine innings. He doesn't have that dominant well, even, stuff. Even just looking at it from a more simplistic point, he's pitched seven and two thirds innings, getting up eight hits, six runs, five walks and seven strikeouts. Those should not be equal numbers across the board. You shouldn't be having, you literally could do what, five, six, seven, eight, like all in a row. Like we need some, some variance there. Um, and that's going to be an issue, especially because the Yankees do have a pretty deep pen. Um, but now maybe with, you know, with O'Day out, obviously he's a righty versus a lefty here. But still, it'll be uh, interesting to see what the how often they, they use Wilson and if, if the Yankees and Boone can trust him um, as the season moves on. Because it, be, it would be a shame if he can't be trusted as, a, as another lefty out the pen here, which is maybe a move, maybe a reason why they moved Mike Talkman and got... Uh, Peralta, to, it seemed excessive on the lefties here, but uh, you know, right off the bat, he seems like he's jumped Wilson in the uh, the, pecking, the pecking order. Yeah, and, and the Yankees put him in in the tie game on Wednesday night, which um, said something to me about Peralta. And we talked about his stuff last week. Uh, we talked about his 2020 season, where if you took out that one bad outing, his ERA was sub 1.5 or something like that. And, yeah, it definitely already since, you know, Peralta coming over, uh, definitely seems to me that he's yeah. jumped oh, Wilson in the pecking order. And I, I see, you know, Talkman doing great things with the Giants. Um, yeah, but and, and he wasn't getting like, playing oh, time. why do we trade? What'd you say? He wasn't getting playing time with us, so I, I, I feel like it's a waste to look at him when he gets playing time with the Giants. It's a completely different situation. Um, he wasn't yeah. playing, so let's get someone who will play. Um, and which... we've seen little spurts from him with the Yankees. We saw it late in 2019. Oh, he's, he's awesome. When he, when, he, when he plays full-time, it seems like he's a different player than when he's a bench player. And that's two different mentalities in baseball, uh, starter versus bench player. And if he's unable to be a bench, useful bench player, then he's useless to the Yankees. Yeah, and we, we see what happened with Justin Wilson today and what's been going on lately with him. And... Peralta seems to be the guy and, until Britain comes back is the number one lefty out of the pen, not named Chapman. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I mean, but something yeah, to keep like an eye on for said, sure. Wilson 
the Yankees bring him back. And like you said, it's a two for one deal right now. O'Day's on the DL and um, yeah, Wilson yeah. is looking like he can't be trusted. So, and Chad Green, hopefully, I think uh, Chad Green will going, bounce back. But yeah, is not, hopefully he's not going through one of those stretches where he can't pitch. And and we've seen one of them every other year. It fe- feels like where I mean, he even went to the minors. Believe it was in 2017 before he came back up and played hero for the Yankees uh, later in the season and in the playoffs. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, Zach Britton, when we see him, is we talked about last week, kind of a bit of a wild card. Yeah. Um, we talked about, you know, late May, early June. Um, be safe. Yankees, you gotta, Britton's got to be healthy for the yeah. long stretch here. We'll, we'll see what they do with the bullpen. Uh, so maybe, you know, they use someone like Peralta is going to be used a lot more than expected, and it becomes a more important trade than we initially thought. So we'll keep an eye on the bullpen here. Uh, Yankees still have a great bullpen. They just happened to blow it, you know, one game here versus the Astros. It's, it's tough to put this last guy on the, the final third uh, as a three down of the week here because this week he also had a game where he hit two home runs, including a grand slam. But, you know... Your last game is as good as you are. You are only as good as your last game. And Aaron Judge struggled versus the Astros. He got one hit in the entire series. He struck out nine times in 13 at-bats, including seven straight strikeouts um, during his game two, leading into game three. The the ultimate golden platinum sombrero of 0 for 5, five strikeouts uh, on Wednesday here. So while Judge started the week great, and, you know, he had eight RBIs in, in two games uh, versus Detroit. Struggled to, to end the series here, and that's going to unfortunately land him on the on the down list here for, for this week. Yeah, his average dropped over 20 points since the end of the Detroit series. I mean, he's down at 255, or excuse me, 265 right now. Or, no, 255, you got it right. Yeah, 255. 255. But, and he was at you know, 290. Going in, going after that, uh, you know, going into May, like he was, he was almost creeping to three hundred, and now he's trying to stay above two fifty. So, uh, rough, rough stretch for for Judge. I think he'll pop out of it. Overall, still has great numbers on the year. You know, seven home runs, eighteen RBIs, sixteen walks. But the, the strikeout numbers, as always with Judge, will be a concern. And th- this week they were there. Are lots, lots, and lots of strikeouts uh, for Judge. Yeah, and we've seen the Astros be his kryptonite. Before that, yeah, that's home cool. run, that home run against Verlander in Game Two that gave the Yankees a two-one two, lead was like a huge deal for him. Um, and Game Two of the ALCS in 2019, but yeah, I mean he was just getting overpowered. It looked like by some of these Astros pitchers, and, and you know seven straight strikeouts in a row. And he, he did that. It once. wasn't very close. He did that once in his career before in 2018 against the Tigers over a doubleheader. Uh, so he's no stranger to a bad stretch in the strikeout department. But I think he's going to bounce back. The Yankees get on Friday a struggling lefty uh, for the Washington Nationals and Patrick Corbin. So I think that's a very, very good opportunity for him to bounce back. Patrick Corbin's got an ERA over eight and six starts this season. Um, so I think that's a prime opportunity. <laughs> and you know, it, some, some would say give him a day or whatever. No, throw him in there. This is a 
righty-heavy lineup. Aaron Hicks has even been hitting from the right side a little bit. Stanton's on freaking fire. Throw him in there against uh, Corbin. And if he sucks tomorrow against Corbin, give him a seat against Scherzer. But I'd throw him in there tomorrow against a, a lefty who's like been if- downright awful. But yeah, and it's always going to be fun to, if the Yankees can beat up on Corbin, given the the history there, him not signing with with New York. Uh, but yeah, Judge hopefully comes back, bounces back, like we we've seen. You know, it'll be great if we can get Judge and Stanton both hot at the same time. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, especially going into this tough stretch against good pitching. Uh, we've all, we haven't really seen that since Stanton joined in twenty eighteen. No, One no, I don't think he's been injured. Yeah. Imagine both of them on a tear, you know, hitting two and three. That'd be insane. What do you do? Like, <laughs> we just then we try and pitch around Stan, who's hitting the ball 135 miles in my face. Oh, uh, there, there's Judge just hitting opposite field grand slams into the second deck. So that I mean, Stanton home run today, that line drive into the bullpen, one seventeen, I think. One seventeen, <laughs> just effortless too. I mean, it hit one of the. It went. Over the bullpen and hit one of the signs. Uh, I mean, like a line drive, just casual to right center field. I don't uh, think they changed the balls at all. I mean, but I think that I kind of mentioned it earlier in the in the preseason or whatever you want to call it, the spring training episode was like that. It doesn't matter for guys like that. Like that, changing the ball a little bit for for Stan means absolutely nothing. Because the way that he hits the ball, it is just crushed no matter what. And I did kind of say that it kind of might matter for guys like DJ LeMahieu. Um, and, and that's kind of shown to be true. He's only got one home run so far uh, on the year. So I think even if they did change the balls a little bit, it, it, depending player to player is how it's going to factor in. Um, and I think that's those two are the perfect example. Change the ball all you want. Stan's going to hit that ball over every wall possible. Maybe DJ LeMahieu gets robbed of a few opposite field home runs because of a a ball change. So it's uh, something to keep an eye on for the rest of the year. Uh, I was trying to look up the uh, stat cast of hard hit baseballs this year, but I'm pretty sure it would just be um, John Carlos Stan, John Carlos Stan, John Carlos Stan, John Carlos Stan. So it would be, you know, it would be, he's absolutely ripping the ball here. So it, it's, it's fun to watch and we'll, uh, we'll hopefully get to see the continue of it. The average exit velocity of a John Carlos Stan baseball this year is 99.1 leading all, of Major League Baseball. <laughs> so he's averaging 100 miles an hour exit velocity on everything he hits. So that's uh, that, that'll work. That'll work. That's not surprising, too, when I mentioned the babip earlier in the show. <laughs> I mean, almost I, 550. Yeah. Put the ball in play. I do want to just back to stand for a little more because why not? It's fun. I, I did think it cost us a run in uh, on Wednesday. He hit that double down the line to, to tie the game. But... I think anybody else hits that ball, the ball is probably hit not 115 miles an hour, but still goes down the line, and you could be able to score from from first. I believe it was uh, DJ LeMay was on first. He hit the ball too damn hard, and it just got to the the uh, the outfielder too quick, and we couldn't score from there. So uh, it'll be uh, something I've kind of been trying to notice and see on a different is when Stanton's at bat with a runner on, does he hit the ball too hard to prevent the run from scoring? Which would be an odd thing that to consider, but I think it's possible. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that that's a good point. I like how you I like how you said that because yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's a big guy. I mean, he's going to hit it harder when he battles it up. He's going to hit it harder than you If know, you're on second base hitters. and he gets a single, it's going to be 
let it's going to take probably what takes a second off how quick it gets to the fielder like that second could mean the difference of you scoring or not so um you know i don't think everyone is going to bring it up but it's something to look for if you know there's a big situation here and he's ripping a double or a single uh how close the plays are for the plays at home because the ball is getting to the outfielders quicker off his bat than anyone in baseball yeah and you see it not only with stanton but just a lot of times watching baseball, maybe definitely with him, it'll happen a lot more, but you have that guy on second base and you hit a 114 mile an hour, one hopper to the right fielder. And more often than that, that guy's got to hold at third base. Oh, if we're saying it bad for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I've, I've seen that happen even with the Yankees side of things. Um, you know, when the Yankees are pitching and they get, it's like when Hicks is in center field and it's a beamer up the middle, one hopper to center field and teams just don't want to test his arm. I mean, in the 2017 and 18 playoffs, uh, he definitely saved a lot of runs with the respect of his arms. And like you said, hitters hitting maybe the ball too hard, but that's going to be something we should pay attention to with Stanton. Uh, when there's runners on base and he he hits these screamers to the outfield that go one hop off the wall and right to an outfielder, yeah, maybe it's going to cost the Yankees some runs in, in some cases like it did on Wednesday night. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, we already talked a little bit about the series coming up versus Washington, but we'll just wrap up this episode for the uh, the next week ahead. You said three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, versus Washington at home. Off day Monday, and then three in the hellhole that is the trop. Uh, we got, you know, Jameson on the mound Friday, Kluber Saturday, Herman Sunday. Look, everybody's pitching good at the rotation. So it, it's anybody on the mound here, I'm, I'm feeling more and more confident there. And then in Tampa, uh, Montgomery Cole, and then uh, Tyone again. So strong, strong rotation work here from the Yankees. Um, what are we looking for out of these next uh, six games here? Obviously, we want them to keep their hot streak, but tough six games compared to, you know, the seven that we had versus – sorry, the the eight that we had versus Baltimore and uh, Detroit. Yeah. Uh, the Nationals, like I said, three games below 500, but the, the Yankees are seeing two guys that have been really good pitchers over the last several years in Corbin and Scherzer. Now, I know Corbin struggled, but um, – He's still Patrick Corbin on the mound, and it's only the first month of the season. So they're seeing two really good pitchers, in my view, the first two days. Um, No Cole this series. Uh, And the Nationals have some boppers in that lineup. Juan Soto is one of the best players in all of baseball, Trey Turner. Trey Turner's Um, underrated. Somehow he's playing amazing, and uh, I don't think he's getting as much love as he should. He's one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. Yeah. uh, So... The Nationals are, are, are a team that when the last full season was played, they won the freaking World Series. So um, the Yankees are getting that coming to town. Uh, and then the Rays, who really have uh, – this is a series that the Yankees, okay, 11 of 16, 7 of 10. Uh, if they win 2 of 3, say, against Washington this weekend, it'll be okay. Like they're – Keeping it going. Win series. Uh, on Win these home series. Games. Uh, but you go down to Tampa and, Steve, I hate to say this, this is a team that since the start of last season has 
kick the Yankees' teeth in. Yeah. Uh, as much as we hate to admit it, they've kicked the Yankees' teeth in, series in and series out. Uh, what I'll be looking for, we'll hop on either Wednesday after the game or Thursday after the game ahead of the weekend against Baltimore. What I'm looking for is um, against the Rays is just not playing their game, playing the Yankees' game. We saw with the game in the playoffs last year in the ALDS, the Yankees doing a switcheroo when they started Davey Garcia and then brought in Jay Happ. And then we saw earlier this season in the Bronx where they kind of made a surprise starter last minute on Friday. They brought up Nick Nelson uh, when they had Michael King, who had just thrown six yep. innings against the Rays a week earlier. So, it's, it's, look, we're, we're, we're one in six versus the Rays to start the year, so that has to change. Like that is, we gotta we gotta get that evened out. We we avoid glass now during this three game stretch here. We, we gotta get the sweep here. We got you know Montgomery Hill and, and Tyon on the mound here. Um, I think the Yankees gotta gotta look into Tampa, and like you said, Tampa's been the Achilles heel for for years now, and and it's starting to look that this year. You know, one in five is is terrible. Is a terrible way to start versus, uh, I guess you know your your main rival in this division the past few years. So need to go down there and and reverse the ass kicking and sweep them is what I want to see to be honest. Yeah, don't and like I said, don't play their game. Don't don't get cute. Uh, I mean the Yankees payroll is what 160, 170 million more dollars than the Rays. Uh, I mean the Rays do a lot of things that are unconventional. And they're a great team. I've, I picked them second in the division this season. I, I believe even um, after losing some good players, like they they always yeah. they always find a way versus well, us. In 2018, like I said, with the Yankees winning 102 games, the Red Sox winning 108, they still won 90 games in that division. Destructed their roster, traded one of their best pitchers to the Red Sox, and still won 90 games. So. Like, it's all all true and all fair. Yeah. So it's a big series. It's a big series. This, this is that will be the series that proves. Look, interleague play is always weird because you don't really ever see this team. You don't know much about them, but you know it is what it is. This will be the true test of if this hot streak is is real or not. Because the Yankees struggled mightily hitting the ball coming into this season. Like we said, they were a two hundred hitting team, which cannot ever come back to. So they cannot go down to Tampa and be shut down by. You know, Yarborough, Fleming, and Hill in a three-game series. They need to come out there. They need to get some runs. Like you said earlier, we need Glaber Torres to hit a home run. You think we got? It's got to happen. Um, so it's a big series. It's a big test for the Yankees to let's say first half of the year. First 15 games sucked. Second 15 games really good here. Let's say this is the third stretch of games here. The Yankees got to take advantage of and do do what they need to do down in Tampa. Absolutely, and. I'm just looking. We have this ten-game road trip. The, the the last four after that Baltimore series is going to be at the Rangers, and I'm I'm just looking at the calendar now and thinking of the Yankees playing in front of a full capacity crowd, and I'm getting excited at that. Thought. Yeah, uh, I, I know it's I know it's an episode or two away, but I'm I'm very excited at that thought. I bet you know the Yankees have fans wherever they go. 
Um, That's true. You think about that as as it opens up more. And you get to more more fans in the stands. That's good news for the Yankees because the Yankee fans literally are everywhere. They pack the stands everywhere they go. So this will be that's good. Just in general, the Yankees from now on should be seeing more and more fans of their own fans cheering for them. So maybe maybe that was the issue early on. There just wasn't enough fans for us. Uh, but we'll take it. That's it. Good end. End the. They did not sweep the, the Astros. They took two or three. Let's be positive here. That's awesome. John Carlos Stan is the hottest hitter. In baseball right now, you throw anything at him, he's going to smack it. So the Yankees had a good week here. They're above 500. Let's hopefully never have to discuss them being at 500 or below 500 again the rest of the year. Uh, we are now in. We're pushing already into May. Here we go. And it's been it's been an up and down season, but the Yankees are on the right track. Let's stay on that track and continue that. And uh, let's go from there, and hopefully you guys join us next time on Podcast and Pinstripes, where hopefully Sam and I get to have another joyous episode talking about Yankees wins here. Sam, what are your final thoughts uh, for the guys? Steve, I'm going to tell off of you right there. The Yankees go 5-1 and one in these next um, six games before we come on. Uh, they're 21-16 and 16, uh, going that into – Yeah, so let's, let's do that. Beat up on the bad pitchers, you know – like you said, you you want to make the statement and sweep. Uh, I like it. I like it. It's a bold prediction. Right. If sweep, we lose to Scherzer, we lose to Scherzer. But then let's win every other game. That's that's my. Yeah, and that's was, that's what we're doing. I was talking you eyeing up the sweep against the Rays too. I mean that would be an ultra statement. But yeah, I'm gonna go bold. Let's go five and one in these next six games. Four and two will do. But you know five and one's a statement. Heaven forbid six and zero, oh, and we're gonna be talking here next week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week.